Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out Off the Floor. That's our new Discord. If you subscribe to the old Off the Floor, we can tell you this one is a lot better. You can communicate with us as well as other fans, essentially 24-7. Check it out. The link to it is on the top of the five reasons sports twitter page you'll also find it in the descriptions to these episodes also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network that includes better edge use the code five rsn at betteredge.com. this is where you can bet against others who use it you're not betting against the app that's why you can find the line you want they call it social sports betting and it's legal in the state of florida check it out at betteredge.com. use the code five rsn and now today's episode uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick on the Five Reasons Sports. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow me at Brady Hawk 305. Make sure you check out the last episode that I did with Alex Toledo. We went through the three drafts that the Heat have nailed in 2017. The Bam draft, the Tyler draft, and the Jaime draft. And now in this episode, we're going to focus more on Hakez specifically because one of the things that came out of the last game, Brady, was Eric Spolster saying, I didn't run a play for him. 31 points, 10 rebounds on Christmas Day, led the team in minutes again. No plays run. And this is one of the reasons that when I've spoken to Eric Spolster a couple times, once at the end of camp at FAU and again the other day after practice, he has talked about the rotational and positional clarity of this team. So as much as he talks about positionless, this team is easier for him to manage because as what he told me coming out of camp, and I got him to explain it a little bit more this time around, there are more guys who can play off the ball that not everybody needs the ball in their hands. Like last year – he had to make a choice between Struess and Robinson. He chose Struess 
Then he was kind of thinking of choosing Robinson, but then Duncan got hurt coming back from Mexico City, so he stayed with Struess because he had to run plays for both those guys. Tyler is somebody that they will run plays for. Oladipo last year was somebody who needed the ball in his hands to be effective. In this case, Jaime Hawkins does not. Um, Jimmy Butler does not, even though he gets those touches. And Spolcher said yesterday something to the general media that he said to me the day before, which was that Jimmy could get 20 just running around. He probably would like it if he didn't touch the ball the whole time, but that he could do it consistently. Well, Jaime just got 31 just running around. So I guess, I guess Brady, what, what fans are going to want to know now is, and I saw a lot of this under – the quote when you and me and Alex all posted that quote about, you know, I didn't run a single play for him from Eric Spolstra. Everybody's like, well, why not? <laughs> if he's getting 31, if, you, if, if you're not running plays for him, what's he going to get if you run plays for him? So I will just ask you this. If you were to run more plays for Jaime Hawkins, what would they look like? So yeah, first, let me just say, because I know that that quote was running like Spo not running a play for him. I don't think is equal to the fact that like, He's still like in actions, like he's still within certain play calls that are just general things that the Miami Heat do on the fly, like on a regular half court possession. But he's not like coming out of a timeout or they're coming down the floor and he's signaling for a Jaime Hawkins play. So I think that's like the big difference because it was like his first bucket of the game, Jaime Hawkins, was Tyler like back screen for him to, to kind of flow into a handoff and Hawkins was just wide open on a, on a back cut. So it's like those little things coming off a screen, like, yeah, there's an action, but it's not a play. Now, what would those actions be? I mean, the easiest thing to say is like things similar to Jimmy. So number one, I think the first thing we could say is see some pick and roll reps. But like to your point about like positional clarity and, and certain things throughout the lineup, it's like they just don't need him to run pick and rolls. They have enough guys that can run pick and rolls that that are trying to balance that themselves that they just not, don't they don't really need that from him. And the fact is, you what is the reason that you run a pick and roll? You run a pick and roll so you could try to get a good shot or get to the rim. Hawkins, I keep saying it, like, it does not matter where you put him. He can get to the rim. And I'm not even talking about the efficiency stuff because he's been efficient, even though some games rec- there was a game recently where he wasn't. And it was like the first time I was like, wait, he shot 50%? He shot 40-something percent? Wow, what the, what a terrible game from him. Uh, but you look at the fact of how he's able to get there. If it's the mid-post, if it's, like you mentioned, off-ball stuff, if it's all these things, he just is able to get rim attempts so easy. And I'm glad you mentioned the off-ball stuff because – Whenever Spo was asked about Hawkes, and I've asked him about Hawkes a ton, he spends more than half of his time talking about him, mentioning the off-ball stuff. Like, he starts there, and it almost feels like they're saying to themselves, like, we're going to keep doing that only until you stop it. Like, until somebody says, okay, we can take this away from him, and what are you going to do now? Why not keep doing it where he can roll into 31 points not having to touch the ball and kind of pound the ball into the floor where it's just like easy looks running the break uh quick things off the catch in the mid post if he's if he's just finding that like he does the same move every game that he does like twice a game where he does that spin (laughs) over his left shoulder and lays it in like he's not even like deeply on a scouting report yet so it's like i feel like that's gonna be the first step it's like okay we're getting toward you know the end of the season Teams are starting to figure out how to take away that drop step. Okay, now we have to put the call of this play for him to get him this look. So that's going to, I feel like, be the next step. But for now, it feels like they could just let him freely play, and he seems to be really good at it. All right, well, let's get to that next step then, because that is always what happens with rookies. He's on the scouting report now. He has to be. Um, 
you know, you, you talked to Max about that last year, about the adjustments in Duncan. Um, I'm working on a, a piece on Duncan. It's going to be a podcast, but also in story form. And I, I got a chance to talk to Spo on the side for a little bit the other day. And, and he, he told me that in Mil- the Milwaukee series, the, the second, the one, the one that they got swept, uh, the one that, of course, you know, Brent Forbes famously outscored Jimmy Butler, right? The one that was basically an extension of the bubble season that they played Duncan more aggressively than any team ever had before. And he went to Duncan and said, look, we, we need to change some things. Okay. This is not going to work anymore. And as Spo told me, it didn't happen overnight. It's taken three years. <laughs> Duncan had to go basically back to the bottom with his confidence and come out the other side. And now he's come out a totally different player who is essentially unscoutable at this stage because he can create off the dribble. And Spo said to me, and I've told you this, Spo, Spo said to me when I said, well, okay, well, what if they, they go back with Duncan and now they're going to back off of him uh, and not give the quite the same gravity because the other things he's doing. And he looks at me and goes, well, Brady asked the same question. He's like, I think we'll take that if they're going to just let Duncan shoot. So you see the adjustment and then the adjustment to the adjustment. Here's the thing about Hawkins, and then I want to get your your expertise on this. I don't really know what they try to take away um, because it doesn't seem like you can speed him up. Like you said, the ball's not in his hands that long. And, you know, I go back, and I've mentioned this on playback, and please join us on playback. We, we broke down a lot of the film from last night on there today. Uh, just go download the playback app for free, and, and you'll get the notifications. You can join us anytime. Kendrick Nunn is the perfect example of a player who got scouted and couldn't adjust. And we saw that coming. Okay. We, we were, Alex and I were talking about that a lot on the podcast because it was clear what Kendrick was going to do. He was, if he was running a pick and roll or he was coming off a screen, he was not passing. Okay. He was not passing. Like everybody knew he was trying to get to that kind of mid range area, whatever. And so teams started crowding him, and there was no adjustment made to it. And we asked him about it. He said he would adjust. There were other factors involved with Kendrick that he had to deal with that year, a couple times with COVID. He had some personal stuff. So it wasn't just that, but a lot of it was that. It was it was the fact that he couldn't be the same player. But I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I watched – if you watched that game yesterday, okay, and people watched it, okay, more people watched the Ravens and the Niners, but people watched it, what do you try to take away? From him. From so, I. first of all, you're trying to set me up because people get mad that I talk about schematics enough, and now you're trying to me to tell people how to stop Jaime Hawkins, how to stop his excellence. Like, that's just the, the first thing here. But I will say – You're going to get the tapping and the point this time. <laughs> in the stare, just get everything. Um, there was – there was yesterday's a perfect example of, like, what do you take away? And I know we talked about this at the game. Where we were like – I remember I looked at you, I was like, I guess they're going to start forcing him to take mid-range jumpers. And like two plays later, he gave a pump fake in the corner, stepped into a baseline mid-range jumper. And I was like, okay, there's nothing left. Like they, they, there's really nothing they could do at that point. But there was a play early in the game where Hawkins had the ball in the mid post. Uh, and Duncan was almost like kind of clearing a little bit. And and Ubre was guarding Duncan, helps down to Hawkins. And then Duncan like sprints to the corner and takes a fading three and hits it. It was all because of Hawkins drawing a double. So the first thing I say to myself is like, they're going to start not letting him comfortably get into these matchups much like they do Jimmy. And we talk about that all the time was where they send help at Jimmy. So I think there's going to be a point where now they start hedging a little bit harder at Jaime, but when he's at this point, like it's December, 
And he's making those reads where he's like, okay, they're going to help down quick kick out. Like, and a lot of this, and he mentioned this after the game when I asked him about it, he was like, they prioritize a practice being the best spacing team in the NBA, which is funny because everybody talks about Jimmy and Bam can't play together because of their spacing. And the fact that they prioritize that with the role guys is how it all works. It's just an interesting factor here because they the spacing has to be perfect to make it all work. But Hawkins' reads is, is kind of a factor in this. So I think more doubles would probably be something I think you start to see more of, even though I feel like Miami could figure that out. And I guess there's like the 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 thing I mentioned earlier with the drop step. It's like we've seen him though when a team because it was a play I don't even remember what game it was where they cut off his spin, and I think we talked about this at the game where they cut it off and the next play threw like a fake half spin into a turnaround jump hook. And they I'm actually like, stripped the ball on the on the on the right. spin. They 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 stripped it because he he spins he spins to the middle. Yeah. But then it was literally the next possession. We were talking about like how he would make the adjustment to it. Yeah. And he faked the spin to the middle and went back to the baseline. Up and under. <laughs> up and under and finished. So it literally, the processing speed of that literally took one play. And that's the big thing because I know we keep calling him baby Jimmy and stuff. And I thought it was one of the best answers we've had this season was when Jimmy was like, I wasn't doing that at 23 like he he he, (laughs) you look back at the stuff he's able to do like everybody calls Hawkins like a like he's 60 years old because he played four years of college he he's still a young guy that's still learning this league but he doesn't feel like he's learning like it feels like he just (laughs) he's like been in the league for so long with a lot of these reads and everything so you mentioned the fact that Hawkins is on the scouting porch which I believe I just feel like now it's going to just be a little bit more layered where instead of like who the guy is it's more about what like he's becoming a primary hub for this team and as as we mentioned before with what stuff Spo talks about one of the hardest things to scout or scout out for a player is the off-ball stuff where where you just don't need the ball like it's not like you're scheming around okay when he has the ball here at a pick and roll when he has the ball in this spot and you want to force him this way like no he's just running around a lot of the time uh and even like yesterday what last thing i'll say he is literally the prototypical zone breaker like he he could single-handedly be the guy that like if Miami doesn't feel like facing zone anymore, they just throw him in because teams are not going to want to face that because he just runs around that back like the back line and he's going to find an open slot. If they cut that off and the, the way to break a zone is in the middle of the floor, where else do you want him? Like Jaime Hawkins catching with good size in the middle of the floor and turning and kind of making a play. Like he's a prototypical zone breaker. So it's like you have a lot of these factors that it's like. I just don't know what you do with it. So, like, what do you take away? We're going to keep having that conversation. There's some things on the fast break, I'll say, that I'm like, I. that's the one thing I'll say. I think he needs to clean up because he's been so good on the break. But there's some things where I'm like, he, he, he doesn't, like, make the pass a lot of the break. Like, he's just going. And a lot of the times it's worked out. Like, he, he gets buckets. He gets fouled a lot of the time. But maybe probably play a little bit different style where they start guarding him on the break a little more than, than you know, his off-ball guy next to him. So, we'll see. But – that's going to be the next step. And I don't even know. We, we've we said it was going to come in a week, two weeks. It's going to come in a month. Like now we're into the new year and it still hasn't come in, in, in seeing these adjustments. Well, you mentioned the break and we've talked about this so many times. This team's terrible in transition. I mean, they have been, they, they, they don't, they don't get, it's always weird for a team that's as well coached. So maybe he should they, just go. <laughs> he should right. just go. They, they don't space. They don't have a ton of finishers. Like there's no, there seems to be no plan once they get out. I mean, it's basically like, the Kevin Love, you know, baseball pass or the Kyle Lowry hit ahead. And a lot of times you see Jimmy leak down. Bam can finish. Caleb can finish, although he gets a little reckless at times. So I don't really have a problem with 
Jaime just going. The other thing you mentioned here, the zone is interesting because I asked Tyler about it after the Christmas Day game about what Spose said about how they had trouble adjusting. And he's like, we like that they went to zone. I'm paraphrasing because it just showed they couldn't handle us in man. And and I think what's what's interesting is that you now have teams have to scout for their role players. And that's unusual. Like, okay, let's take Tyler, Bam, and Jimmy out of the equation. Duncan's on the scouting court. Like, they have to scout Duncan. 100%. Like, they, they, you're right. Uh, they, they have no choice. Like, otherwise, he's going to tear you apart in a number of different ways. They have to scout Hawkes. To some degree, they have to scout Caleb, even though a lot of his stuff is off the ball also. So you're talking about three guys. I mean, look, other guys are a little bit more limited. We know Kevin at this stage is going to try to – you know, make that straightaway three, okay? And, and you know, he, he obviously he's a good passer, things like that. He'll be positionally in the right place on defense. They're not scouting Kevin at this stage, not like you might have eight, nine years ago. Josh, maybe not as much, right? But th- those guys, like, when you have to scout the role players, and after the break, I want to get into the Jimmy factor here. It should free things up for Jimmy Bam. And Tyler, uh, in a significant way, and particularly with the chemistry that Hawkins has with with Duncan in particular, but we start to see a little bit of it with Tyler. And ultimately, the most important chemistry on this team going forward is Hawkins and Tyler. Not maybe for this year, but for the future, because ultimately, as Jimmy moves on and Hawkins takes that slot, and that is kind of the where this is going, and that's consistent with what I've heard from the organization. They talk about their future being Bam, Tyler, and Jaime. Um, once that starts to happen, those two guys are going to have to be the guys who take the attention away from Bam and can create on the perimeter do things together. So the Tyler-Jaime combination is one definitely worth watching. All right. I do want to mention another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Rock Esports Center. We're going to do another watch party there. I think I think it's going to be middle of January. We're going to bring everybody out there. Uh, we're also going to do some live podcasts from there. It's in Palmetto Bay. This is where you want to go if you just want to play all day. It's a great facility. They've got every game that you can imagine uh, there, but also obviously we feature 2K, so we're going to have the 2K tournament Again, after the watch parties, we're going to do some live pods there. If you mention five reasons when you're down there, and they've got everything. They've got like they've got a bar area. They bring in they got food trucks there. It's a nice, clean facility. And here's a great thing for Miami: there's parking. It's it's in the strip mall, so that's the best part. Um, so check it out, Rock Esports Center on Palmetto Bay. And again, we're going to do another watch party, more 2K tournaments. So we mentioned it after every live, after every game uh, podcast that we do here, but I wanted to mention on an off day, we'll have more details for you soon. But you mentioned five reasons. It's usually $25 to play all day. You get the five bucks off. So it's $20. So check out Rock Esports Center in Palmetto Bay, not that far from UM. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor in the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up. Who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products. And that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks. And I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard. So better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory. So they stay sharp longer. means you can use them 
longer. And also they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as two bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. All right, Jimmy and Jaime. Uh, we're expecting Jimmy to make this trip. By the time you listen to this podcast, we'll even, may even hear about his status for the first game of the trip in Golden State. They have played together. Um, I think uh, Alex said they're plus nine together in limited minutes, um, but the minutes have been growing. I mean, Jaime has more minutes than any other player drafted in his class. I have to check it up against Chet, but I know that he has more minutes than anybody who was drafted in 2023. Um, Jimmy's going to get back to his regular allotment of minutes at some point here, somewhere between 32 and 34, kind of depending on the night. Jaime's been av- Jaime's averaging 29. In the past month, he's averaging 33. He's also the only guy on the team who's played every game so far this season. So the anticipation is knock on something. He's going to be out there. Okay, don't blame me if it doesn't happen. They are so similar, but why is it working? And how can it work more, I guess? I have been a very big fan of the, the Jimmy Jaime minutes, and I was kind of talking about that. I mean – they're the ones with the bigger sample size here. Like, cause Tyler and Jaime played a little bit to start the season, but that wasn't like this version of Jaime where he's like fully getting more opportunities. So now it's been like what, four games? And it's I feel like they're just still trying to find their spots in a way, and it hasn't been bad. Like I thought they've actually you know play off each other pretty well for a lot of the reasons why we talked about before, where, where the reasons that Jaime takes up these spots that are just not in the way of others. As for Jimmy and Jaime. I think I'm more thinking about down the line when Jimmy's getting more opportunities to run offense through him, where it's more stuff in the mid post for him, more opportunities for him going to the rim, because obviously I think some of that stuff's been a little bit limited, but I'm still not worried about it. Like I, I really think about it from the fact of, of what they're using him as. And here's the other big thing. 
he's shooting what 38% from three. Like it's just like when we talk about taking things away, that was the thing to start the season. We were talking about, we're like, okay, you're, you're kind of putting another guy out there that's struggling shooting, but then all of a sudden he makes, he made like 18 of 23s in a, in a three, four games uh, run. So they now have that factor that they could still stash him in that corner because they did that last night where he had they were there was a play with Kyle and Bam pick and roll. Bam gets it on the roll. His guy dips into Bam, kick out to Jaime, and he just has like a late contest and he does not even think about it, pulls it, knocks it down. It's like that's the stuff you're kind of like, what do you do with that? Like there's he's not in the way of these other guys. He plays off them really well. So the other thing about it, I will say though, the defensive part, because we haven't talked a lot about that. The fact that they really have trusted Jaime defensively, and we talked about that earlier this season, but going back to last night, we were sitting there saying, how did they get Duncan in the game? Because they had Jamal Kane out there. Uh, it was Kyle, Tyler, Kane, Jaime, Bam. And we're like, okay, how are they going to bring Duncan in and take Kane out because Kane's guarding Maxi? Well, they brought Duncan in for Kane, and what did they do? They put Hawkins on Maxi. It's like... That is a crazy thing to do in general because I don't feel like that's his prototypical matchup. But the fact that they trust him that he can hold up just enough and do that stuff, it's like it's just a guy that you could play next to anybody. It's a guy that's not going to make many mistakes. The biggest thing from last night's game to me was the fact that he had zero turnovers. Like you're going to the rim and getting that many attempts up and going through traffic and doing all this stuff and playmaking, and you're not getting one single turnover. Like it's just a guy that you could play next to these guys. So I will say it's not – we keep talk, talking about these two-man lineups, like the Jaime, Tyler, Jaime, Jimmy. I just want to see all of them. <laughs> like, that'll be my question because we know they could play off each other. We know there's not an issue with them spacing-wise. The issue is, like, where are the shots going to come when it's the four of them with the fifth – whoever fifth guy you want to put in there, which it feels like right now is probably Duncan most nights. I, I don't know how you take that guy out of these closing lineups – how do they get their shots? Like, how are they kind of playing off each other? Because that's a lot of firepower in one lineup. But once again, Jaime is not going to be the guy that demands the ball. He is not going to be the guy in that lineup that gets up a lot of attempts, but he is going to be the guy that's scrapping down that baseline and getting offensive rebounds and getting tip-ins and doing all that other stuff. So we are praising Jaime a ton, but it is so warranted just for the fact of of his play style, the fact that he fits on this team so well. And the, the biggest thing, we talk about his combo with these guys. What about his combo with Spo? Because this is like the perfect guy for Spo to utilize. Well, I think the injuries are going to solve some of this, right? And that's kind of how that's played out this season. Now that Caleb sprained his ankle, you know, we talk about who might be the other guy in that lineup. He may not be available for a little bit. I mean, we're going to find out if he makes the trip. And he was doing a lot of those kind of dirty work, you know, off the ball type things. And now it goes to Jaime. Now, and again, Jaime had to guard maxi because they were out of guys like we talked about like they wasn't going to leave kane in for the last three to four minutes he doesn't trust him enough in a game like that but he was the guy guarding maxi because they didn't have jimmy they didn't have highsmith they didn't have richardson and by the end of that game they didn't have martin so you weren't putting tyler on him you weren't putting kyle on him you weren't putting duncan on him so you're right okay if you're going to get them all on the floor then you had to put jaime on him and i thought he did a decent job i did think was interesting yesterday though this is a Spo thing that I've noticed over the years. When we start talking up a guy too much, he will find something to mention that needs improvement. Like I, I always say, Spo will praise individually and criticize collectively unless we're praising too much. He doesn't want anybody to get ahead of themselves. And I thought it was interesting yesterday that he threw in unprompted. I forgot to ask the question, but it was about Hakez. He threw in, he needs to figure some things out in our defensive system, but he'll get there. 
that's intentional. That's exactly off. Exactly off ball. But that's intentional from Spolstra. I think like that is okay. We're getting carried away. Um, you know, again, he wasn't Dwayne's coach when Dwayne was a rookie. You know, he's had as far as he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't Rio's coach. As, well, he was Rio's coach. I'm sorry. He was Rio's coach, and he was Beasley's coach as rookies. With Beasley, there was plenty of stuff to kind of point out. <laughs> as we were getting ahead of ourselves with you know the offensive gifts that he had, it's hard to believe that was 15 years ago. But when we would overpraise uh, young players and start to get a little carried away, he would mention something. I remember he did it with Norris. He did it. Uh, he, he's done. He did it with Tyler. He's done it with Bam. He's going to do it with Hawkes. And it is the off the ball defense. I think that at this point, um, you know, because he stands up like he he will physically. I'll say the other thing here before we close. He's going to start getting a lot of foul calls in his favor because of the physicality that he plays with, and that's the difference between him and Tyler. Tyler's never really gotten the benefit of the doubt from the officials. Jaime will. Um, and some of it is just perception. It's officials are, are influenced by stupid things sometimes, but some of it is he puts his shoulder down. Guys are going to collide with him. He's going to get those calls. And I've started to notice Brady. He's, he does the Jimmy thing where he sells it without selling it. Like Jimmy doesn't flop. He's not a flopper, but he sells contact occasionally just enough. Okay. That the officials realize it. And I can feel Jaime doing the same thing. So before we close, and thanks to our sponsors, Rock Esports Center and also Better Edge, you want to add one thing to his plate now over the next two to three weeks. What do you add? Oof. Um, I, I don't want to – I wouldn't say the pick and roll stuff because I don't feel like it's necessary, and especially if there was a pocket to do it, it wouldn't be with the guys coming back. I would probably say – a little bit more mid post stuff where they're trying to search for switches because one thing I will say real quickly, the funniest thing is how we constantly talk about getting switches for like Jimmy. And then we start talking about with Jaime, but Jaime doesn't even look for switches. Like that's the big difference between him and Jimmy. Like Jaime will go at whoever is on his back. Like it does. He's not having Tobias on him yesterday and looking for Maxi or looking for, for any other guard. Like he's just going at him. And he's so physical that it's a different physicality. Like Jimmy plays physical, but, like, Jaime's, like, at this point, like, just running his, his shoulder into your chest at any part of the court. Like, that's just what he's going to do, and that's why I totally agree, and I'm glad you, you hit on that before this ended, is the fact that the, the foul calls are only going to go up, and he's still getting them right now. Like, it's not like he's not getting a whistle at all. It's just going to increase. But I will say, I feel like there's a way of making things easier for him, and that ties back to where we started this thing and saying running actions for him, where it's like, okay – off ball, set this screen so Jaime can get this matchup, then work the ball around to him and let him work and then play off of that. Like much like they do with Jimmy, instead of just making him absolutely work for every bucket and go with these certain guys. So I'm interested to see if they do that. But once again, like I said before, I don't think they're going to adjust until until somebody stops it. Like until somebody stops him from these certain spots and, and shuts him down, there's no reason to go away from what's working. So I'm sure they have it in their back pocket to, to flip to whenever we reach that point. You know, the other important thing here is, and this is something that like Steve Kerr hit on when he was talking about finally playing the young guys more in Golden State. And he talked about, you know, the idea of of making sure that, you know, the veterans were cool with it, essentially. And he got a little heat on social media about that. But if you've been a successful coach in the NBA, you know that matters, that that it matters when you start to give a larger dose to a young player, how the veterans are going to react to it. And I remember, again, with Dwayne, 
uh, back in 2003. Eddie Jones, who was the star of that team when Dwayne came, it wasn't a very good team, but Eddie and Karan were there. And Eddie was talking about Dwayne, talking Dwayne up the whole year, like telling us how great he was going to be. Like if we didn't realize that this guy was going to be a superstar, Eddie kept telling us. Over and Eddie was a guy who at that point had been a three-time All-Star and had a seven-year, $86 million contract. I'm noticing the same thing from these guys. Like I don't, I don't sense any resentment from them towards him. Maybe I'm missing something because sometimes in locker rooms, these petty resentments kind of build up over shots, over playing time and all that. But I, I don't, I don't sense it. And I, I don't, I don't think it's coming from Jimmy. I know it would not come from Bam. And I don't talking to Tyler a little bit on the side. I don't get that sense at all that, that he's, and, and those are the three guys that it matters the most for. And then the role guys, Josh seems to be a huge fan of his and Duncan's a huge fan of his. Uh, and I, and I've seen a lot of interaction between him and Caleb and it seems like Kyle is pumping him up and we know Kevin does. So I, I just get the sense that they're embracing. And I think there's an understanding on this team now that this is a guy who can help push them to the next level. Like they needed a boost, a spark, somebody new to come in. We saw it even with Kevin, but this different. That was a locker room boost. This is an on the court thing. And I, I just think it's it's hugely beneficial for these guys who may have gotten a little tired of each other, of Spo, of the whole process, of getting so close but not finishing in the playoffs. Now they've got this like bolt of lightning. And I just I don't get the sense that they are resentful of it. I don't. So I, I think that's a, a huge thing. And I think it gives Spo the cover to give him more, to put more on his plate. Because he's taken minutes from other guys, okay? And I don't sense anybody is upset about that. All right, for Brady, uh, I'm Ethan. Check out uh, – well, you guys, you know that already. You know who we are, I think, for better or worse. All right, check out our sponsors, Rocky Sports Center, Better Edge. Use code 5RSN. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the 5 on the Floor on the 5 Reason Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.